<laughs> What's the least amount of exercise I need to do to be healthy, fit and strong versus what is the most amount of exercise I have to do? And which of those questions is most exciting to you? A lot of people are excited about, I love to ride my bike for 200 kilometers. I love to run for an hour. I love to do a 45 minute class. I love to exercise for a very long time. The reverse of that is around about, depending on which statistics you look at, 90% uh, of people, 9 out of 10 people, either don't want to do any exercise or even if they are exercising, they're not enjoying it, they're finding it hard to find time to do it, uh, they wish they didn't have to do it, they're just scared of getting fat or scared of putting on weight. Aha. So if there's 9 out of 10 people where exercise is not a driving force in their life, they're not excited about it, if you are an exercise professional like me uh, and you are excited about exercise, uh, do we focus on how much exercise I need to do or any person needs to do or could we or should we be focusing on what is the least amount of exercise? Here's another great question. Even if you have uh, unlimited amounts of time to exercise, so you can do one hour exercise classes or you can go for a walk for an hour or you can go running for many hundreds of kilometers every week. Uh, if you love investing time in exercise, is it possible there will come a time when you don't have time? So even if right now you've got an hour a day or two hours or three hours a day to exercise, is it possible that there will come a time when you have children or your job gets busy or you move to a different place and you've got different things to do, you have different priorities, and all of a sudden uh, that oh, I haven't got my hour of exercise or I haven't got two hours to exercise, and is it possible then that a lot of people stop? Uh, is it possible that if people think I have to do an hour and I haven't got an hour, then I won't do anything? And I say that quite embarrassingly because that's one of the things when I first started out as an exercise professional, I used to say that to people and I probably wouldn't call myself a professional by saying such a silly thing. But I would say to people, if you don't exercise for 20 minutes on this treadmill or if you don't do a 45 minute class or if you don't come to the gym three times a week, don't bother. Well, guess what? They didn't or they stopped bothering or they didn't bother or they never even got started. Because for some people, three times a week, 45 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, uh, any large amount of exercise is too large. Uh, I often ask this question when I have chats to the general public, when I've got large numbers of people in front of me. And I ask the question, uh, when you go to the gym and you go on a treadmill or a cross trainer or a bike and you tap in 30 minutes, how long does that feel like? And I've had people yell out to me, forever, it feels like forever, or it feels like three hours, or who's got time to do 30 minutes? It just seems to take so long. So if we really want to excite people to exercise, and probably more important than that, what is the outcome of exercise? If I get really fit and really strong, what will happen to my body? And I always rattle those off with much excitement. Of course, if I'm healthy, fit and strong, every system in my body will work really effectively. So I'm going to have strong bones. I'm going to have strong muscles, skeletal and muscular system. That means I'm also going to have a strong immune system because my muscles pull on my bones and my immune system is built inside my bones. So my chances of being uh, sick, diseased, picking up a germ bug or virus and getting sick, sick from it is very limited, if at all. If I've got strong muscles, I also have a fast metabolism because muscles are the engine of the body. So if I want to stay lean for the rest of my life, if I want to turn my body into a food-burning, calorie-burning, 
uh, fat burning, carbohydrate burning, everything I put into my body gets burnt up because I've got a fast metabolism. I can't afford for my muscles to waste away. So I've got to have strong muscles. Then of course, if I've got strong heart and lungs, so I've got good circulation, good blood flow, good oxygen supply, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants are going through my body to all of the right places. Once again, very little chance of getting sick. The really exciting one, of course, is when I'm really fit and strong, my central nervous system fires up, strong brain. My endocrine system fires up, which means I get all those neurochemicals happening, those neurotransmitters that produce movement, which obviously when I exercise, I have to produce movement drugs, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol. So they're the stress drugs to get me moving. After I've moved with high intensity, so after I've sprinted and after I've lifted heavy, I now have a brain that's full of dopamine, which is a reward drug, so I feel, woohoo, I've done something exciting. Serotonin is a satisfaction drug, so I feel good about myself and my life. Uh, pain-killing endorphins, which are also happy drugs, so not only do I have the pain-killing effect while I'm exercising that those neurotransmitters of endorphins produce, but I also feel really good. And then the big one, brain-derived neurotropic factor, which is fertilizer for my brain, which means I can now think clearly I've got a brain that functions more effectively. Now, there are all the benefits of exercise. If you could buy the, that in a pill or a powder or a potion, probably be the best-selling medicine on the planet, don't you think? Whoo, <laughs> challenge as an exercise professional. We've got all these major benefits to exercise, but nine out of 10 people either don't want to exercise or they hate it, or even if they are exercising, they wish they didn't have to do it. It's one of those questions I always ask people. If you could have the perfect body or you had the, the weight that you wanted or the body fat percentage that you wanted or you could look a certain way without doing any exercise, would you still exercise? And most people share with me, no, I wouldn't. I only exercise so that I don't get fat or I don't put on weight or I'm really scared of putting on weight or I need to lose weight. Uh, if that little sound that you always hear on the kitchen floor, that's my little puppy dog leaving the, leaving the building. Uh, he gets up and moves around all the time, even though he's old. His twin Brutus is 20 years of age, which is for a dog's pretty bloody old. It's interesting how he very rarely, he's either sleeping or moving around. He's always up. Once he, once he wakes up, he's always up and outside. Uh, he wants to move, unlike humans who seem, well, it seems that we are looking for every opportunity not to move. How many devices can we create so that we don't have to do any exercise? So there comes that magic question. If it's not about how much exercise, and I won't, I'm sure that there are, well, there's one out of 10 people who love to exercise, obviously. There's one out of 10 people who would probably never miss their exercise. There's one out of 10 people who, who will probably exercise for hours and hours. And you're not the person I'm talking to you, talking to if that's you. If you're already passionate about exercise and you love exercising for hours and hours, congratulations because most people don't. So what do we need to do as exercise professionals, as coaches, as parents, as teachers, people who want our, our, the people that are in our lives to be healthy, fit and strong, what do we need to do to make sure that we're giving people not how much do I need to do, but what is the smallest amount I can do of exercise to get the very best results? And that's one of the big challenges I have with the exercise profession, my profession. I've been doing this all of my life. It seems that we have a big focus on time. You need to be exercising for a certain amount of time, but what we forget about is the effort that we put in. And I'll use those uh, neurotransmitting drugs of epinephrine, adrenaline and, adrenaline and cortisol, movement drugs for sprinting. When we had to run away from a wild animal, when we had to turn and fight a threat, 
Uh, we didn't jog away, we didn't walk away, we didn't do a low intensity movement to get away from the animal or to fight the animal. We had to put in 100% effort. And it's interesting because when you have a look at the physiology of the human body, uh, I can exercise really hard. If I put in 100% effort, I get 100% result. But how long can I put in 100% effort for? And that's the really interesting question. Uh, there's three energy systems in the body, as we know. There's the phosphate immediate 100% effort system. There's the lactate system, which is from anything past 10 seconds to about two minutes. The challenge with that particular system is it has a waste product called lactic acid. Consequently, oh look, Rudy's back. <laughs> he's, ex he's been outside, done his exercise, come back. Uh, lactic acid is that stuff that makes your muscles burn. You know when you've, you've heard exercise instructors say, feel the burn. Well, that burning sensation, it's not exploding fat cells and it's not a body getting fit. It's the uh, lactic acid pushing up against nerve endings and causing pain. Now, for most people, pain is not something they enjoy in their exercise program. I don't either. One of the other things that lactic acid uh, produces is a bit of a sick feeling. It's called the green zone, that two minute, uh, sorry, 10 seconds to two minute zone, which is the 400 meter sprint in Olympic Games, anything that's like a minute and you have to go as hard as you can. You can go hard, but it produces that lactic acid, that stuff that makes you feel a bit nauseous and the stuff that causes burning inside your muscles. Now, for most people, that is not something they're turned on by. If you get people to exercise really hard past that 10-second mark, past the phosphate system, the sprint let's go system, uh, that's something that may be a, a reason why people stop exercising. It makes me feel sick and it makes my muscles burn and I don't like it. Once you go past two minutes, you're now in the aerobic energy zone, but there's three, phosphate, lactate, aerobic. And aerobic, it's interesting because there's the, the waste product is obviously carbon dioxide that we breathe out. Uh, we burn fat and carbohydrate at the same time. And it's the energy system that keeps us alive. We can keep going for a very long time. But we don't burn very many calories doing that because we can keep going for a really long time. And there's not very much change in the human body. And that's the thing with, it, with most exercise. People talk about, I'm going to exercise for this amount of time to burn this amount of calories or this amount of energy. But we forget that exercise should probably be the stimulant the, uh, or the stimulus for turning our body into a fat-burning machine. And I'll share that very passionately. If I get really, really fit, the human body can only store half a kilogram of carbohydrate. And carbohydrate is the energy source used for the phosphate system for really hard, intense activity. So the harder I work, the more likely I am to have a respiratory quotient, which is where are the calories coming from? So just as a quick reminder of anatomy, which I'm sure you know already, we have a base metabolic rate, which is how many calories our body burns at rest if we're not doing anything over the course of a day. We have a metabolic rate, which is how many calories am I burning at the moment? So if I'm lying down doing nothing, I'm going to be burning very few calories. If I'm sprinting, I'm going to be burning the largest amount of calories possible, obviously, because if I put in 100% effort, I'm going to get 100% requirement of energy. I'm going to be burning a lot of energy, which is burning a lot of calories. Now, interestingly, your respiratory quotient is where those calories are coming from. Now, we, as I shared, we store half a kilo of carbohydrate. That's We store it in our brain as glucose. We store it in our liver and our muscles as glycogen. Uh, that's, that's the only amount we can store. Uh, not very much. So if you think about it now, every kilogram of weight in your body, only half a kilogram of that is carbohydrate. 
When that runs out, we have this thing called hit the wall, if you've ever heard that expression before. Because your brain runs on glucose, when you run out of carbohydrate, nothing works very well. It's a horrible feeling. So obviously, if your body is regularly sprinting, if you're regularly putting in 100% effort, your body will evolve and it says, well, hey, if you keep sprinting, Rowie, we want to conserve that half a kilo of carbohydrate to make sure we've got plenty for when you put in 100% effort. So the rest of the time, your respiratory quotient, where are the calories coming from, we're going to change that over. We're going to convert that into a fat-burning machine, a fat-burning respiratory quotient. So we're going to make sure that at rest, you're burning fat a lot faster than you are carbohydrate because we want to store the carbohydrate. Now, I don't know how excited you are about that, but I think that's bloody awesome because it means that when you put in 100% effort, you've got the energy to go because you've got stored carbohydrate to do it. But the times that you're not exercising, your body will prefer to burn fat. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got an unlimited storage capacity for fat. Only half a kilo for carbohydrate, but fat cells, and apparently somebody counted them, remember? <laughs> We've got between 40 to 50 billion of them. They can be empty or they can keep getting fatter, fuller, fatter and fuller, fatter and fuller. And as we know, each fat cell, 40, 50 billion of them, has a little tiny, like a baby fat cell attached to it. So if it gets too full, that baby fat cell can split and we can get fatter and fatter. That's called hyperplasia. A fat cell or a muscle cell getting bigger is called hypertrophy. When it splits, we have hyperplasia. Now, that's why we can keep getting fatter. We have an unlimited storage capacity for fat. So I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that I keep my body in that 100% effort zone so I can be a fat-burning machine at rest. I'm going to be a carbohydrate-burning machine when I'm exercising. But I can't exercise for long when I'm burning carbohydrate. It doesn't last for very long. We've got unlimited stores of fat, but only a small amount of carbohydrate. So there's that interesting question that I ask all exercise professionals on a regular basis. Why do we focus on how long we exercise for? Why aren't we focusing on how hard? Question, if I put in 100% effort, will I get 100% results or reverse? If I put in a 50% effort, what kind of result am I going to get? Is it more likely to be a little result? Little exercise, little result. Easy exercise, easy result. Hard exercise, intense exercise, put in 100% maximum effort exercise. Is it possible that I will get a better result? But really exciting, the harder I exercise, the shorter I can ex exercise for. I hope you can tell I'm getting really excited about this. Because I've been in my headspace like most exercising people. Most of my life has been how long should I exercise for? And it's almost like you pat yourself on the back. Oh, I did a 45-minute class or I went for a run for an hour or I walked for two hours. I'm amazing because I exercise for such a long time. But the longer you go for that effort you can put in. That's just common sense, but it's also physiology. The longer you go, the less effort you can put in. The shorter your exercise, the more effort you can put in. Another great example, if we went out to do some exercise right now, and I said you had to do 10 seconds as hard as you can, you've got to go as hard as you can for 10 seconds, and then you get to stop. Or you've got to go as hard as you can until you get puffed, and then you get to stop, versus you've got to do one hour or two hours or 30 minutes or doesn't matter. Anything past 10 seconds becomes less than 100% effort because that phosphate system, that immediate neurotransmitting cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline, get the hell out of there, the animal's chasing you, turn and fight the animal that's trying to kill you, that phosphate system is only 10 seconds.
Now here's a great question. If I keep putting in 100% effort and I turn my body into a, or my respiratory quotient into a respiratory quotient that prefers to burn fat, so number one, I become a fat burning machine, is it more likely then that I become leaner? Because I'm fitter. If I'm fitter and stronger, and there's another great question to ask there, how can I sprint really hard if I'm not very strong? If I have weak muscles and bones, I can't get the hell out of there really fast. Now, the beautiful thing, again, about if I want to be strong, I've got to lift heavy. If I lift heavy, I can't lift for long. If I'm lifting long, it means I'm lifting too light. If I can do, and there's a a big argument about numbers, but just logically, if I can do something 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 times, if I can lift something that many times, is it possible that that weight's too easy for me? If I can only lift something four, five, six, maybe 10 times at the most, 20 times, if I go past 20, I'm going to be bored to tears. But if I want to work in that phosphate system, 100% effort system, it's only 10 seconds. The other beautiful thing about that phosphate system and working as hard as you possibly can for 10 seconds, you're firing up your fast twitch muscle fibers. The muscle fibers that get you the hell out of there really quickly. Obviously, slow twitch muscle fibers, by definition, slow twitch muscle fibers are the muscles that take us a long time. We can go slowly for a long time. Now, one of the big challenges with anti, well, with aging, and I'm an anti-ager, I never want to get old, uh, if you lose your fast twitch muscle fibers, they're the fibers that allow you to sprint, that allow you to jump, that allow you to lift heavy. Uh, One of the reasons why old people fall over is that their fast twitch muscle fibers have wasted away so that when they trip on something, instead of being able to put a foot down really quickly and stop themselves from falling, those muscles have wasted away. As we get older, as our muscles get weaker because we allow them to, the first ones to go are the ones that we don't use anymore. The fast twitch muscle fibers are the ones that go. Now, here's a great question. (laughs) If I want to keep my fast twitch muscle fibers, the 100% effort muscle fibers, then I have to put in 100% effort. So if it comes to, and let's wrap this up really simply, what's the least amount of exercise I can do? Let's have a look at it from a purely physiological and psychological point of view. If I pace myself psychologically, I'm going to put in less effort. So if I go out to do a hard hard as I can exercise session, I'm going to go as hard as I can for 10 seconds versus Rowie, I need you to go for an hour. Obviously, the hour I'm going to go slower. So I'm going to pace myself through it. So the shorter I exercise for, the, the bigger the physiological change in my body, but the bigger the psychological change. Because if I push really hard, and this is probably the big one, if I push really hard... And then I go a little bit further than I thought I could. So if I I sprint as hard as I can and I'm going to do 10 seconds, but I aim to do 11 seconds. Now, not only do I get really fit because I've overloaded my heart and my lungs, my muscles and my bones, but I also get mentally tougher because I thought I could only do 10, but I went for 11. If I think I have, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm going as hard as I can, and I go, I'm going to do five more meters or I'm going to do two more meters. And I just go as hard as I can for another two meters. I didn't think I could do that. I just did it. Now I have a change in my brain. So I get psychologically tougher and stronger. So if I want to get really fit, if I want to get really strong, if I want to be mentally tough, could it be how short I exercise for, not how long? So let's have a look at this again, as I shared, purely physiologically. How about we put in 100% effort every single time? If I sprint doing anything, it doesn't have to be running. It could be punching, could be skipping, could be cross-training, could be rowing machine, could be on a bike, could be in a pool, could be soft sand running, it could be stair running. It could be 
dancing, it could be doing a martial art, it could be doing anything. If I go as hard as I possibly can, or I put in 100% effort, at about 10 seconds, I'm going to start running out of energy, or I'm going to be so puffed I can hardly breathe. 10 seconds. Now, my heart and lungs don't know what I'm doing as long as I'm putting in 100% effort. That then creates the stimulus for my body to get fitter. That creates the stimulus for my body to circulate effectively all the things that I need, particularly those neurotransmitters that make me think more clearly, uh, believe that I can do more than I thought I could, which means brain-derived neurotropic factor. I get neuroplasticity in my brain, neurogenesis in my brain, so now I'm a fitter, stronger person mentally and physically. But the really exciting thing, and I know that I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things when it comes to exercise, but the really exciting thing is if I want to be able to sprint really hard for 10 seconds, I have to have strong muscles and bones to be able to do that. Obviously, weak muscles and weak bones are not capable of pushing really hard. But if I'm going to do strength training, which the definition is in the wording, how do I get strong? I do strength training. How do I know I'm getting stronger? Very simple. I can lift heavier, not lift more, not lift for longer, not lift more days, not lift more hours, not do more repetitions. I can just lift heavier. So if I can lift five, and I then improve to lifting 10 kilos, and then I can lift 20 kilos, and then I can lift 40 or 50 or 60 kilos, I'm obviously getting stronger. Strong muscles don't waste away. Strong muscles pull on bones, which makes bones stronger, which makes my immune system stronger, which means I'm less likely to get sick, I'm less likely to get diseases, and if I do pick up a germ bug or a virus, I'm gonna get rid of it really quickly. So I need to have strong muscles and bones. I need to have a strong heart and lung system so that I can be really fit. My endocrine system, my hormonal system, is the one that fires that up. My central nervous system fires up my endocrine system. I obviously feed my digestive system, so that becomes more effective when I'm really fit because then vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals can get out easily. So everything works together, not by how long I exercise for, but by how hard. And when I exercise hard, it's going to be in that 10-second phosphate system. So how about this? And this is really funny coming from somebody like me who used to run full marathons, 42.2 kilometers. I've done 21 of those. I've done 17 half marathons. I used to teach group exercise classes for 45 minutes and I used to teach 15 of those every week. You know, wow, isn't that exciting? No, I've never been fitter and stronger than I am today. And now my exercise program is very simple. Once, sometimes twice a week, just because I love it, I lift really heavy things and I do three exercises. I do some chin-ups, I do some bench presses or some push-ups and I do some squats or some lunges. So I'm using every single muscle in my body. I keep going till I can't do any more. And if I can't, if I really think I can't do any more, I aim to do one more or two more, which means I'm getting stronger mentally and physically tougher. That workout takes me the spin cycle on my washing machine. And I know you're probably wondering why on earth she's talking about a washing machine. My gym's in the, in the laundry, in the garage. Uh, if I'm waiting for the spin cycle on my washing machine, which takes about three minutes, I can do a set of dips or chins or, or bench presses or, or squats or lunges. I do three exercises. It takes about three minutes, and I've worked every single muscle in my body to absolute maximum capacity. I don't stop until I can't do any more. Rowie, how many exercises should I do? You've got to work every single muscle in your body. Why would you want to have some weak muscles and some strong ones? I want to work every single muscle in my body as hard as I can so that my fast twitch muscle fibers are the ones that stay really strong for long so I can, so I can be an anti-ager. How good does that sound? 
I want to have the strongest muscles possible so that I have a fast metabolism, so that I burn fat and calories really fast because your muscle is the engine of your body. And then if I want to sprint, I have to have really strong muscles and bones. So that's about three minutes once, maybe twice a week. And again, I don't need to do my, my strength training twice a week. It's just sometimes because I love that feeling of lifting heavy things. Sometimes I'll, I'll do that twice a week for three minutes. From a sprint point of view, whether you've got one minute or 10 minutes or one hour, why would you just plod your way through that process? If you plod through a minute, you're not putting in 100% effort. If you plod through 50 minutes, you're not putting in 100% effort. If you plod through an hour class, you're not putting in 100% effort. If I've got a minute, if I've got five minutes, if I've got 50 minutes, or even if I've got two hours, it's sprint, get puffed, get my breath back. Sprint, get puffed, get my breath back. Sprint, get puffed, get my breath back. 100% effort, get your breath back. 100% effort, get your breath back. Now, how many times through the day should you do that? Here's a great question. How often do you want to feel good? Because one of the most underestimated bonuses of exercise is not that you'll have a fast fat burning machine, you'll have an immune system that works really well, you'll have a lean, fit, strong body, you'll look good, feel good. The ultimate is that every time you push yourself to 100% effort, you push those happy drugs into your brain, antidepressant drugs, anti-aging, antidepressant exercises, both of those. So if people say to me, Rowie, how often should I get puffed? My answer is always, how often do you want to feel good? And that's why, as you often hear me share, for me it's four puffs an hour. So every 15 minutes, I do, stop what I'm doing, find the punching bag, get on the cross trainer, skip rope, do push-ups, do jump squats for the time it takes me to get really puffed. And guess what that is? 10 seconds. 10 seconds. <laughs> I keep getting excited about that because the ultimate example of that is the 100-meter sprint at the Olympic Games. That's the only race at the Olympic Games that is a full 100% effort. Every other event is a, is a pacing effort unless you're looking at throwing sports where they just do it one time. So if you really want to pick what's the least amount of exercise I can do to be the fittest, strongest person I could possibly be, that I've got a strong immune system, strong muscles and bones, I keep my fast twitch muscle fibers so I don't get old, I turn my body into a food-burning, calorie-burning, fat-burning machine, I have happy drugs pumping into my brain, it's about 100% effort. And if you put in 100% effort, you can only go for 10 seconds. Now you might do that 10 seconds 100 times during the day. Or you might not. You might just do one lot in the morning and one at lunchtime and one in the afternoon. But every time you push your body to 100% effort, that's a stimulus for change. It's not how many calories I burn during my workout. It's not how much energy I expend during my workout. The harder the effort, obviously the more energy I'll expend, but it's only for 10 seconds. But that stimulus of 10 seconds then for the rest of the day turns my body into a fat-burning machine rather than a, I want to conserve that half a kilo of carbohydrate from when I'm sprinting. So this is just pure physiology. It's also great psychology because it's much easier to put in 100% effort for 10 seconds than to plod jog your way through an hour class or a 45-minute class or go running for an hour. But the beautiful thing is even if your sport requires you to be really fit to run 42.2 kilometers, or, and I'm just, I'll use that as an example, uh, the last probably half a dozen marathons I did, I never did any long-distance running at all, none, just sprint, get my breath back, sprint, get my breath back. I have a treadmill in my gym. I go as hard as I can, get my breath back. I'm sorry, I, I sprint as hard as I can till I'm, <gasps> which takes about 10 seconds. Then I drop the treadmill back down to walking speed and I get my breath back. And then I go again 
go as hard as I can get my breath back. Now, whether I've got five minutes to exercise or 25 minutes to exercise or 105 minutes to exercise, that's still the only amount of effort I put in. 10 seconds till I'm really puffed and then relax. Now, psychologically, can you imagine how much easier that is rather than plod jogging your way through something? What you now know psychologically is that as soon as it's too hard, as soon as I get puffed, as soon as I've got expended all of my energy, I'm going to stop or I'm going to slow down and walk until I get my breath back again. Or I'm going to slow down and walk and then do it again an hour later or two hours later or tomorrow. Here's a great question. Do you want to inspire people to be healthy, to be fit, to be strong, to have a happy brain, to have a body that lasts for a long time, anti-aging? Then could it be a better idea to inspire people to put in 100% effort to get 100% result or do a long, boring, slow exercise program. Now, if you're one of those people that loves to exercise for a long time, congratulations, because most people don't. And if we really want to get our world healthy, fit and strong, and the biggest excuse that people use is, um, I haven't got time. Have you, how many times have you said that? How many times have you heard somebody else say that? And even if you have an hour to exercise every day, what if you don't? What if there's a day that you don't have time? Wouldn't it be nice to know that you could still get that happy drug, those happy drugs pumping into your brain with a very short, intense activity effort of about 10 seconds? The harder you exercise, the harder the, your body has to work to overcome that pressure, overcome that stress. The harder you exercise, the better the result. Big exercise, big results. Little exercise, little result. Easy exercise, easy result. But the beautiful thing is the longer you go, the easier the exercise is physiologically. The shorter the exercise that you do, the harder you can go, the better the stimulus on your body, the more you'll have a stimulus to change. So fat burning machine, calorie burning machine, happy drug pumping machine, virus and disease fighting machine. You want to be healthy, fit and strong and look good for the rest of your life and be an anti-ager. How about we get puffed to get fit, lift heavy to get strong and that takes about 10 seconds. Woohoo!